Hi, I'm Karen Cash and I'm CEO of Tech Alpharetta. Welcome to our podcast series, Driving Innovation, where we explore the people and companies that are driving innovation in the city of Alpharetta. And we have with us here today, Faisal Siddiqui. I may not have said your last name <laughs> properly if I didn't, excuse me. Um, founder and CEO of Park Avenue Gaming, headquartered here in the city of Alpharetta. Faisal, welcome. Thank you, Karen. Good to be here. You got the name right, Faisal Siddiqui. Okay. Although, depending on which country we're in, sometimes it's Faisal or Faisal or Faisal, whatever. <laughs> you're, <laughs> right. you're fine. Yeah, well, thanks for joining us here today. And, uh, you know, I see Park Avenue Gaming and, and you as perfect examples of you know, uh, startup success stories, clearly, and for you, a serial entrepreneur and really a, a transformative leader. So um, there's a lot of uh, good topics to explore here today, and I'd love to kick this off by just first hearing a little bit about your background and, and what led you to start Park Avenue Gaming. Sure, thanks. Um, you know, oddly enough, I'm one of the few people in the world that actually grew up in Las Vegas. <laughs> Nevada, that is, not New Mexico or something else. Right, and so. Right. I, I guess that kind of is the basis for where we are today in the sense that we grew up in the in the hub of gaming or gambling, if you will, right? right. So, um, but at a very early age, I guess I was always an entrepreneur at the, uh, I think it was, I don't know, junior year of, of high school or something like that. I was selling donuts and coffee in the morning. Ah, so, <laughs> so you already it's had just the traits. It was in the blood, yeah, yeah if you yeah. will, right? So, um, but anyway, I went to school um, at UNLV. I got my bachelor's in computer science. I wrote code for a living for gaming businesses, if you will. Okay. And then I went and got my MBA through that process as well and uh, moved from one company to the next. One of the things that I did early on was um, I was the first VP of IT for Global Cash Access, which today is called Every. It's a few billion dollar public company. Sure. I was there through the beginnings of it going IPO. And so that was interesting. Yeah, what a, what and a great And then um, one of the other things I did, which if you've ever watched the Travel Channel or the Discovery Channel and they talk about facial recognition in casinos, right. where they're trying to capture cheaters, I was actually the lead developer on that piece of software in the early 90s, where we were, we were integrated into a casino surveillance camera, taking pictures of people, and running them through FBI, CODIS, and other databases to capture um, criminals, if you will. Wow, that's fascinating. So, so, so you were in there at the very beginning of the development of that technology. Yeah, so I, I was I was a techie, if you will. I wrote code for 12 hours a day, six, seven days a week, and, right. and I loved it. It was great, but I learned early on at that time, though, that I was never going to be a great coder because great coders are... They're like artists. Mm -hmm. They're super special people, yeah? And I wasn't one of those. <laughs> but, but I had a knack for understanding business along with it. Yeah. And so it moved me quickly to the business side. And so I was a CIO, a CTO. I took a couple of companies public for other people. And then in the, um, about 12 years ago, there was an idea out there in the world called social casinos, okay. which are like mafia wars and you think about things like that where you can do microtransactions. Okay. And there was an opportunity for people to then do slot machines or, or play online games through Facebook, Apple, Google. Sure. And that was our first startup. We had come up with an idea to do a loyalty program in that space so that even though you were spending money with Amazon, Apple, Facebook, Google, you weren't getting anything back, but you were earning points like you do with an Amex card, yeah, if you sure. will. And so those points translated into real-world tangible rewards. Okay. So that was an interesting idea. We turned that into a B2B business. Right. And then we got an opportunity. Somebody called us and said, hey, we've got this thing going on in Mexico. Will you come take a look at it? 
And so this is end of 2017, somewhere around that time. Okay. And we and went you were to Mexico. Where at that time? Still in uh, Nevada? No, we were in Miami at this okay. point. And we had started the, f the first company in the social business in Palo Alto. Okay. In fact, that's a super side note for you. Yeah. So our office, we still have it, is in this little incubator there, which is um, in Palo Alto next to the North Face building. In that same building, there's a lady named Jeannie Labordi who owns it. Um, she's done 29 companies incubated there, and one of those was Nest. You've heard of that? It only yeah. takes one. Small little company, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, I've heard so of that So we one. still have a space, a desk in that same incubator <laughs> today. <laughs> um, but no, we were living in Miami, and we uh -huh. were looking at um, this thing in Mexico, and, and then another person called and said, hey, can you look at this thing in the Dominican? Can you look at this here? And what we realized was is we were getting calls to do lottery systems in these emerging markets. And at that time, and even in today, there are two major companies in the world that have 95% of the lottery market. Sure. And we looked at these emerging markets and said, if we do a mobile first approach there to lottery and lottery systems and lottery management even, because most everything is done on a desktop. If right. we take a mobile first approach, maybe we can do something different in these emerging markets. What a tremendous opportunity. And that was the genesis of Park Avenue Gaming as it was then. Right. And then the long road to today, which, you know, I, you say we're successful. I say we still have a long ways to go. Right. Um, but it's been an up and down road, right? In the sense of we operate in these emerging markets, which are sometimes difficult to navigate. Um, and then you've got a coronavirus a worldwide pandemic, which is right, different in every country along the way. Yeah, yeah, and that so, throws a challenge out there. When yeah, you're so as a startup founder, right, raising money, operating things, doing things, trying to get things moving, what a roller coaster ride. <laughs> I can imagine. I'm not quite sure if we're at the success place, but we're getting there. So you started, uh, Park Avenue Gaming was what, 2018? Yeah, that, March that of 2018. That. So we're just over three years old. Okay. We're babies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, and all of your clients are are obviously international outside of the United States. Yes. Right. Yeah. And and so are are your customers really the governments of those companies? They are. Then? Yeah. So um, we, because we're a lottery systems company and lottery management company. Right. Um, when done properly, lotteries are run by states like they are in the United States, or governments, yes. because the purpose of lottery was always to give it back to the people, actually. Right. In fact, oddly enough, the first lottery in the United States was called the Mountain Road Lottery, and, the, and there are tickets out there, original tickets signed by George Washington, because they needed, really? to build, they needed to build a road through a mountain. And so to raise the money, they sold lottery tickets. So that was the first known lottery in the, in in the, the United US. States. That's right. Oh, that's fascinating. So, so it's always, so we, we really got into lottery because we were in the casino side of the business and the, the traditional gambling side. And the thing that with lottery we found was is whatever we do has a charitable component back to the people. Okay. Yeah, very similar to like the Georgia Hope Scholarship, which right. is funded by the Georgia Lottery. Similar to that concept. Okay. And so in working with the, the governments of foreign countries then, it, um, is it challenging to have to get up to speed on the different regulations and laws that each different country must have? Um, you know, the regulations regarding lotteries and how they can sure. be operated. Regulations, laws, um, and culture even. Sure. Yeah, people yeah. operate and maneuver differently. So what's important in one country is not necessarily important in the politics get into play because governments change a little bit more often and there's some more volatility there. But the compliance standpoint is very challenging sometimes, yeah? yeah. Especially being a US-based company. On the one hand, that makes things very difficult for us because we have to be 
aware of anti-money laundering issues, corruption issues. There's the F Foreign Corruption Practices Act. So many things that we have to be aware of operating in these countries. Whereas some other companies based in other countries, not in the U.S., they can skirt those issues, right? right? So to some extent, that's difficult for us. At the same time, the fact that we have to do that gives us a sense of, gives, provides the governments a sense of legitimacy of the operation that they wouldn't otherwise get because we have to be such to the letter of the law. Yeah. So there yeah, isn't any, so there's less thought of corruption or, you know, nefarious activity and rigging the game or something like that. Right, right. So in the countries in which you are operating, and they're um, Latin American countries? Mostly, yeah. We've yeah. got some operation that we've developed in um, some Asian countries as well. So we've been in the Philippines and okay. a few other places. And so we're, we're, again, we're staying in the emerging markets, if you will. But LATAM right, is right. a significant part of, of what we're doing. Okay. And so do you have uh, people on the ground in those different countries that are part of the co of your own company that we do. help you deal with the compliance and regulations? And the yeah. And, and actually country managers, if you will. Right. Okay. So we have staff that r help the state governments operate. So we're, we're an augment to each each entity, if you will, I that we see. participate in. Right. So we have corporate offices in uh, Mexico City across from the U.S. Embassy. We have a big corporate office in Buenos Aires, um, and we'll be opening an office in Lima as well. Ah, congratulations. Yeah, it's, <laughs> a, it's a lot of work, especially yeah, considering yeah. in the last 18 months that we can't even travel to those places. Right. Right. So, right. so our, that's a real testament to, to what you're doing. Our corporate office being here in Alpharetta yeah, it's, it's, it's great because it's a technology hub, this city. It's fantastic. And so we have ability to be on video and things 24-7 if we have to without being concerned about connectivity issues. Outages right? and connectivity. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, so that's yeah. been helpful. And um, how many employees do you have here in Alpharetta? In Alpharetta, in the state of Georgia, I guess in the state of Georgia, but in Alpharetta when we bring everybody back, because yeah. we haven't brought everybody back. Um, we'll have 14 people in the office, and we're based in right down in the old part of downtown Alpharetta. Right, which is a perfect place to be. It's great because it's walking distance to, there's that whole new redevelopment of downtown and the restaurants and yeah, all that. And city so center, right? we're not necessarily in the city center, but we're a 10-minute walk. Yeah. And so that makes life, like, it's not quite live, work, play where we are, but it's super right. close to that, yeah? And so it may... It allows us to attract talent, I suppose. I was going to say that must really be an advantage. Yeah, because we're also really close to Wills Park, which is right there, yeah, right? So you've got, you've got a trail system. You've got a whole trail system. You've got a park. You've got restaurants. It's yeah, a it's a great well location. Placed. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and why Alpharetta? You said you were in Miami for a while. What led you to Alpharetta? So we had been coming to Atlanta because we knew, oddly enough, the Greater Atlanta area is a little mini gaming hub. It, Most people it don't is, realize yeah. it, and I mean from like casino and lottery systems and whatnot. There are a lot of companies here that most people don't even know about. So we kind of knew the general Atlanta area, yeah. Right. And so as I was thinking about moving my family here, because when we were thinking about where do we put a corporate office for our future plans, yeah. And those future plans were path is either an acquisition or an IPO, and a headquarters in Miami didn't make sense, mm -hmm. um, even though we're a Latin. A lot of our operations are in Atlanta or in Latam. And so we were kind of just looking around at the greater Atlanta area right. and literally drove north, yeah, and yeah. found this, you know, downtown and this Avalon coming thing and this Greenway and thought, well, let's get a house here. So I got a house here first. And then the next thing was, well, I'm going to put the office super close to me. So it's going right. to be you a downtown offer. 
That's right. Yeah, yeah. And, and then at that time, we did you know that there were hundreds of tech companies here? We had no idea. We had no idea. And so <laughs> after we set up shop here and got started, I, I wish I'd have known about Talc Alpharetta then because I, I was coming from outside the state, right? right? right. And so once we got settled and, and started to kind of get our feet in the ground, if you will, we realized, oh my gosh, we're in a tech hub. Right. Right. And for me, having done my first startup in Palo Alto, right, with all the magic that's in Silicon yeah, Valley, yeah. Um, I didn't expect to find that same kind of magic here in Alpharetta. And it's starting to be here now. Right? Yeah. It, I think it, it's coming. It really is. It really is. So um, other than the recruiting advantage, have you found other advantages to, to having your company headquartered here in terms of, um, you know, the, the experience level of the people you're recruiting or anything else? You know, one of the big assessments, I did this on a personal level first, but then we did it for the company stuff, was total cost of living. It was an amazing thing, like, from when we look at gas and insurance and housing and and all the things that go into cost of living, yeah? From moving from Miami to here, now this is three and a half years ago, right? right. Obviously the markets are changed a little bit now right. today, but it was a significant reduction. Yeah. It was a huge reduction. I couldn't believe it, right? Right, like, right. So you make your corporate dollars go a lot further. Well, not only corporate dollars, but salaries, Yeah. right? So you can pay, so the money that you, that, that we, you know, put out for salaries, the people actually keep more of it because they don't have to spend so much on housing and right. other things, right? right? So, and then you add in all the amenities that are around, that's uh, it's, it's, it's almost beat. it's tough to beat right yeah, plus yeah. there's four proper seasons here yeah, <laughs> so. right right so since having started park avenue gaming and and uh started and and worked with other companies any advice that you would give to uh potential founders thinking about uh getting going on a tech startup any any kind of lessons learned along the way yeah um don't ever take no for an answer <laughs> That's a big one, yeah? yeah. Because as a startup, you know, the hardest thing to do is people telling you you can't or no or I'm not interested or it's almost I don't want to say it's a sales mentality. That's it's not necessarily right. a sales job, right? But I would say that you you can't quit, right? You can't give up and don't take no. Those are and, and it is not for the faint of heart, I will tell you. Being <laughs> a startup founder is it's a difficult road, but it's super rewarding, yeah. right? Because you get to in one respect you get to you get to build something, obviously, right? But in another respect, you're giving back to the community that you're in by being a founder because you're creating something local. Right, and right. You're creating jobs. You're creating companies. jobs, right? Yeah. And that's economic value and positive things Absolutely. for where you are. Absolutely. No, great advice. And, and, and those traits of not saying no go right to that, that recognized trait of all entrepreneurs, the persistence and yeah, the grit, right? Absolutely. Just I mean, you know, the world, people will say, no, I can't, or you can't, or don't, but... You know, that's why we become startup founders anyway, right? Because right. we have an idea or a vision about something we can do that right. other people can't see or didn't see. That's right. You're right? thinking outside the box and they're thinking inside of it. And so being here in Alpharetta with all of the concentration of tech, right, I think is actually beneficial to that because you can bounce ideas off of so many more people right. than you can if you weren't in a tech hub. Yeah, yeah. Right? That's a real luxury to have so many tech professionals around. Yeah, even times. though they might be different industries, there's mm -hmm. the concentration of people in a technology or technology adjacent field or provider or whatnot, super important. Well, Faisal, congratulations on what you've built and thanks so much for spending time here today to, to talk a little bit about your journey. Really thanks, appreciate Karen. that and thanks for all your support of Tech Alpharetta. Yeah, we'll keep growing with you.